0: Hello to all my 3D girls. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred.
1: I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hey
0: everybody, Chris Gethard here, welcoming you to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Thank you guys for supporting it and allowing me to do it. Chris Gethard Show is also up and running now, another one of my gigs. Uh, uh, It's up tonight, actually, if you're you're downloading this on Tuesday when it comes out. Tuesday is like Gethard Day now. Beautiful Anonymous in the morning. Chris Gethard Show at night on True TV. And tonight's episode's all call-ins. I think I just like phones, and uh, maybe Beautiful Anonymous fans want to check it out. Who knows? I'm not going to plug it too hard. Um, We're going to get going, talking about Beautiful Anonymous. You may notice the tone of both this intro and the call itself a little different than you're used to. Not in the studio. Jared was nice enough to come to the Chris Gethard Show offices to record a bunch of stuff because my life is crazy with our uh, our launch weeks happening. Thank you to Jared for that. The, the stern taskmaster of the show, Jared O'Connell, as the, as the fans have come to believe, even though I, I've told you up and down that's not true, but people do in the Facebook group all the time say that they believe that, which is an endless source of joy to us all here at beautiful anonymous last week's episode whirlpool galaxy. Um, a very, uh, heart wrenching episode, a, a huge amount of response in the, in the beautiful anonymous Facebook community. Understandably, the people were very touched, blown away by it. And, and I will say I was uplifted being in the beautiful anonymous Facebook group, just an outpouring of support and warmth. Jen left a comment that, that I don't know why this one really got to me. There were so many like this, but, uh, Jen said, she's one of the strongest people in the universe, and with each word, my heart broke a bit more. Call her, you are an inspiration to others and will make change in this world. I am truly sorry for all you have gone through and will be hoping for more positive people to enter your life and the negative to stay far away. Thank you for sharing, and I guarantee you have helped many by doing so. You have this community behind you. And I don't know why that made me well up, that line, you have this community behind you. I don't know why. I don't know why that one hit me in the gut. Really hard, but it's true. Also, just want to remind you guys: uh, we're later this week. Any episodes of Beautiful Anonymous older than six months are going on Stitcher Premium. This is they'll be behind a paywall, effectively. Stitcher Premium is a great service; tons of shows on there. All that Earwolf shows, I believe, are uh, are having the same thing. Anything older than six months now, you got to pay for. Uh, luckily, if you want to sign up, free month. Use the code Stories. You get a free month of the service. You can check it out, see all the great stuff on there. And uh, if you don't want to sign up, I would just say you have three or four days after this is released to just download the old ones. Everyone's cool with that. Just anything you want to keep for your personal collection, go ahead and grab it now. Now's the time to do it. This week's episode, fun one, uh, interesting one. This uh, this is a caller who is trapped between worlds in a very real way. Uh, When this caller started speaking, I was completely flabbergasted when he told me where he was from and you'll see why right away. I think you'll also let out a big huh like like I did. Um but it becomes very clear how the caller came to uh to to be who they are both verbally, culturally, all these different things. This is a caller who really has insight into multiple worlds and is also maybe separate from any of those worlds in a way that's very rare, very fascinating. I also found this caller just straight up be fun. I thought we had good chemistry. I had a good time talking. And uh, speaking specifically about a culture, uh, Japan, that I think as Americans in particular, we often sort of like romanticize or even weirdly fetishize in certain ways. And uh, this caller was able to give us some insight from multiple perspectives. And I found it really cool. And I hope you do too. Enjoy the call.
1: Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello?
0: Hold on, I can't, uh, can't hear you in my headphones. I hear it coming through Jared's headphones. Hi. Give us just one second here. Oh, you don't hear it? No. Harry Hello? hears it. Jared hears it. Does he hear you? Do you hear me?
1: I can hear you, Chris.
0: I can hear the fact that there's someone in Jared's headphones. Okay, hold on one second. I'm okay, holding <laughs> for technical difficulties. I apologize. Well, oh, not at all. Ah, there we go. Hello? Hi. Some people would say edit that out. I'm going to say let's leave that in. <laughs> say let's leave that in. Our old podcast. How are you? Hi. I'm calling in from Japan. Oh, Wow. Well, that's a way to kick down the door in the beginning of your call.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is an international call,
0: I guess. I don't think we've ever had. Have we had a call from Japan? I don't think we have. Really? So I'm first. <laughs> you are. I don't even know if we've had a call from Asia. Oh, really? Yeah, you might be the first on your continent. We've had Australia and Europe. I don't think we've had. I don't know. I think you're... I think oh, you're, hell
1: yeah.
0: Hey, <laughs> you're breaking new ground. <laughs> So what's up? How are hey, you?
1: Hi, that's awesome. Hi. I'm, I'm great. I'm from Tokyo, Japan. Um, you know, I, this you probably hear this all the time, but uh huge fan of the show and you definitely helped me out a lot. And um I don't know how like how people find you out overseas cuz um we don't get HBO and stuff in, in Tokyo.
0: Yeah. But we I found uh, uh, you out through, uh, actually, the punk music scene. Nice. Jeff Rosenstock. I'm betting you're yeah. a Jeff Rosenstock fan.
1: Yes, I am.
0: Yeah, had a feeling. Because go- <laughs> he- I think he goes to Japan on a pretty regular basis.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, one of the bands that I really like um, played on your show, uh, Reviver, I think that's uh, how you pronounce
0: it. yeah, Reviver. For- out there from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Cut the cord. Great, great <laughs> band.
1: Yeah, I love. I, I like the their old band Ladderman a lot. Uh huh. And Yeah, and the reason why I was, um, why I found out your show was actually uh, through the fest, and you had the uh, Chris Gethard show on the fest. Yeah, in Gainesville, uh, Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I found you through that. Watched all the episodes. I'm actually in. Um, I'm going through all your archives on YouTube and just watching all that, too.
0: I love it. I just want to say to any of the listeners out there, this is not a paid advertisement. This is not a plant or setup. Though. <laughs> I do, I will say this caller has fantastic taste, and everyone should go through the archives of The Chris Gethard Show. Get yourself hooked in anticipation of our new season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So Yeah, so, yeah. sorry if it sounds like, yeah. I, I'm sure you
0: hear that a lot. but um. <laughs> Oh, it's nice. It's very nice to see it. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love your stuff, and you know, I love you. I watched the that forty minute video of you talking about Morrissey you that.
0: Uh, <laughs> Thomas <video>. Lennon, <laughs> me and Thomas Lennon. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So wait, you yeah, s- you said yeah. you're, you said you're from Tokyo, Japan. So you you're born and raised? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, I'm pure Japanese. Um, wow. Both of my parents are yeah Japanese, but I went through the American education system in Japan.
0: Oh, one of the international schools.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That's so. It's actually one of the things that I wanted to talk about was that um, it's really weird because I think you could probably tell that I don't really sound Japanese no. if I didn't say that I was.
0: Yeah, I mean, when <laughs> when you said you were born and raised there, and are and are not like a, you're not the child of expats, I'm actually shocked by that. No. You sound like you're from <laughs> Southern California. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> but but it's really it, be weird because yeah, my lingo and you know the culture that I grew up in is purely I I listen. I grew up listening to um American bands. I listen to Japanese bands too, but um it's created this really weird dynamic where when I'm hanging out with people that are purely Japanese that went through the whole Japanese educational system, I they think that I'm a foreigner. They think they don't really see me as Japanese. And when I hang out with people from America or anywhere outside of Japan, they they see me as Japanese. So I'm kind of this, there was a time, and I'm still going through it, but I don't really know what my identity is.
0: Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. let, let me ask you this about that because you're kind of stuck between two cultures. How how does it work as far as attending the international schools? I understand, I know, my understanding mm-hmm. is that a lot of like children of diplomats will go to Western schools when they're in non-Western yeah. nations that are yeah. set up for them. But I, I don't know that I was aware that um, that they're for anything but that. But I'm also an ignorant human being, so explain it to me. <laughs> no, no. So there's a lot of uh, people that are... That come to Japan like
1: expats, as in like uh, people that have businesses overseas, and they, you know, they bring their families over to Japan, and then their company pays for their education because going to an international school is not cheap. Mm -hmm. So they pay for housing and also their education, and they get to go to international schools. Some schools have a lot of military people in their schools, which our school didn't as much, but. Um, cause we have bases in Japan and, um, those are obviously where all the military kids go, but, um, yeah, we had, it was sometimes celebrities or people, kids with celebrities or kids of, um, people that had a lot of power, I guess, <laughs> were oh. in, um, my school. So, but you know, my, for me, it was really weird because, Both of my parents are Japanese, Like the company obviously didn't pay for my education. So it was just my father's kind of, uh, you worked really hard and you put me through this education and now I talk like
0: this. And was it, was his thought that, um, you know, it would be good for you to be immersed in a different culture? Was it the idea of like, oh, you'll learn English, which will be useful for you professionally later in life? Was it just an appreciation of yeah. multiculturalism? What was the impulse with your parents uh, taking this leap? Oh, he
1: definitely was uh, looking for, you know, business opportunities. Um, he, business opportunities and just, you know, culture in general. It, he thought it was something that if he had the money to be able to put me through it, then it was good education, I guess. And just, it would make me into a more modern human being, I think is the mindset. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so he's he's trying to set you up for like a modern multicultural future where you can uh, have the uh, career of your choice, and then exactly, yeah, you turn into one of them dirty punk rockers.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) How do you like that? And when I, yeah, not much. (laughs) He doesn't really like it. (laughs) Very very Japanese where when you try to have a real conversation with your father. Oh yeah. Something I should um, say is that in Japan, the a, a lot of times uh, the mother is not stay at home mother and the father is always working. And it's kind of a stereotype that I hear a lot where the father's always working, never hangs out with the kids in Japan because they're so busy. It's like the busiest man life. And there's definitely some truth to that. And so I didn't know what my father did as a job until I graduated college.
0: That can't be true. (laughs) Seriously, I I was
1: like, oh, you use English, but I don't really know what you do. So I I had to sit him down and I was like, dad, I'm 20, what do you do? I should know this. (laughs) You never asked him before that and he never told. He, I did ask him before um kind of like oh dad what do you do but he just never gave me a straight answer because I think he didn't um he didn't think that I would understand even if he told me what so, does he do that's so complicated that her, <laughs> right this is very this is the very japanese part and um it was funny because he was so awkward about me asking him what he did was he just kind of gave me the outline that he always did and he gave me his business card and said, This is what I do.
0: <laughs> and what 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 did you have to go <laughs> Google it yourself? What happened?
1: <laughs> no, I was like, so yeah, what what do you do? Like what's the and yeah, before that I definitely Googled him and I did find him, but it was kind of weird for the son to not really know. And I was I just said, Hey I need to know I should know this because people ask me and all I can say is like, Oh, he works in an international company, but it's like, you know, I can't really give anybody specifics. So I just asked him and he said, this is what I do. And he just gave me his business card and, you know, really awkward after that. But now I know what he does.
0: Is it anything, is it like anything mind blowing or were you just like, uh, it was
1: I was like, Oh wow, you it made sense why he put me into a international school I was like oh this probably a lot of money but it wasn't anything too surprising just because he was always going to different countries, he was never home and all in all I barely know my dad.
0: Yeah. I mean that's intense. Do you uh so you barely know him? I mean, do you guys get along or is it just like it's is it a cold relationship? Mm. It's really
1: weird because in uh, Japanese culture, um, there's this thing called honne and tatemae. And that is kind of um, your outside face and your inside face. And he usually in the family or like with your friend, you have your kind of inner self and you release who you are and all that, you know, stuff like that. But in the family, there's this, you kind of have, it seems like it's happy, but you know that there's no feeling in it. And I feel like growing up with that, and then the moment I noticed that that was happening, and we were kind of this, like almost like a caricature of a family. Not really. There was no real heartwarming moments, and I realized, oh, my mom doesn't really like my dad, and it kind of created this independency. Inside of me, from a pretty early
0: age. Wow. I I, I will yeah. say this is like a very surface level reaction, but it's a true mm-hmm. one. It it's really I gotta say it's it's really amazing to me that uh, it, it, there really is a Western world and an Eastern world. On huh? like everything you're describing to me, I'm like, wow. It's a, I mean, people are people wherever you go, but there are just a set of different experiences that you've had. Yeah
1: and like, um, another thing that I think is related to that is that the cheating on your wife in Japan is almost to the point where it's not even looked down on. It's kind of part of the culture. Oh yeah. And you see, that's just something that I don't really agree with, but it's, um, there's a celebrity here that is famous for saying cheating is a culture and it's, but what it is is it's not, Emotional cheating—it's extremely superficial. It's that's that's a big reason why the whole sex industry in Japan is so prevalent. Like everybody just goes, like when they're a salaryman or even college kids, I guess.
0: Really? So that's a—that's uh, not just for tourists. That's not just for tourists to uh, engage in <laughs> while on vacation. That's like part of the culture.
1: Yeah, I think Japanese people enjoy the. The happy endings more than the tourists.
0: <laughs> wow, we're gonna go there. Yeah. Okay, so if we're just going, <sighs> I'm gonna say something blunt. Our viewers should brace ourselves. Is it? It's sounding to me. I, oh, this is a sentence I never thought I would say. <laughs> um, so is it like? Is it almost like a? Is it almost viewed as like a form of masturbation in a way?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like I'm, I mean, people just go there. People. Um, I guess, like, I've never been because I've grown up in a Western mindset, so it was always very foreign to me. Um, but I think I had friends that were in college and stuff that would go. And yeah, it doesn't really seem like they're having sex. There's no communication, I think. It's just kind of do it and leave. And it, it would be like, Hey, I'm. We're gonna go do this for a bit, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go home once, and then when they're done, you go out and then drink again, kind of thing.
0: Wow! So you'd take, so you'd be out drinking, you'd be out drinking with friends. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah. hey, we're gonna go down, uh, we're gonna go down the red light district, have a little fun, and you'd be like, cool, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go watch some TV, text me. <laughs> wow! And some of it, okay, because I'm a curious person. And I've I've read, yeah. I try to be world. Some of these are also uh, from what I've read. Um, the sen- and I've never been to Japan, and this is all just stereotypes. Correct me for anything that's inaccurate, please. Let me know where I'm being ignorant. Uh-huh. But it is fun to talk about and be like, here's the stuff I've heard. What's true? What's not? I've heard some of this is like uh uh like very fetish based, right? There's a lot of fetish based businesses of this nature.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh there's some really dark stuff here that I, cause that's just, I think I do a lot of reading and playing music. That's interesting. There's another like whole um, subculture here where people do intense, extreme things during their shows. And that's a lot of it is, you know um, just extreme live shows. And um, I guess one of the most, famous one, not famous, but something that I heard that just blew my mind was there would be a punk show. We have an area in Tokyo that's kind of known for where all the, the bad punk guys, the old punk guys are, and they do eccentric shows. And um, <laughs> one dude apparently just <laughs> starts singing and takes a knife and starts stabbing
0: himself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's like the most extreme. That's not like you go to a random venue in Tokyo and people are just, like, stabbing their stomachs. But Did he die? Um, that's just... No, 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 no. I think they just bleed and then they're
0: like, look how intense I am. This so, is I'm punk rock. So Japan then, Japan has, yeah. like, multiple GG G. Allens.
1: Yeah, they don't throw shit at people. But
0: um, (laughs) yeah, I should explain you and I should team up and explain for any of our listeners. You know, a lot of the listeners have heard me talk about punk a lot. And I think a lot of our listeners do not partake or listen. Gigi Allen is perhaps known as the most extreme punk of all time. Um, He was known for going on stage naked and performing sex acts and vomiting on purpose and cutting himself (laughs) and shitting, like you said, punching audience members in the face. (laughs) Kept, kept threatening that he was going to commit suicide on stage. He's like a notorious, um, like violent, clearly damaged performance artist, punk rocker, who whose music is almost unlistenable also, by the way, which is part of what people who like him like about it. Sounds like you, you guys got a real, real element of that in your punk scene over there.
1: I guess like people, I don't know if it's the Gigi Allen, but it's, there's definitely some people do that. And, and I, I have to reiterate, you, the normal punk scene is probably the nicest scene Like you when people are moshing or when people are stage diving. Everyone's so polite. Um, so that's, I don't want people to come to Tokyo that like punk rock and that would shun away from venues because they think everyone's killing each other. But um, there are, there's definitely
0: that extreme. Yeah, so it it's basically like any. It sounds like any subculture you find in Japan. It sounds to me like what we're maybe saying because you've brought up both the music world and the sex industry. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you can keep finding more extreme fringe versions of it if you want to look.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's um. There's some stuff that I don't even know, and I watch documentaries of you know foreigners coming to Japan. And kind of looking into that. And I didn't even know that. That's how deep it goes. And I lived here my whole life. Yeah.
0: So you just avoid this. And is a lot, you say a lot of this is because you went to an international school. So is it like, are you listening to like a lot of like romantic American love songs and watching like Hollywood movies about like people trying to settle down and find each other? And you're like, it's just a, di- is that just a different approach? Is that part of it? Like you're immersed in a culture that, like what, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell me about how it separates you. I just asked our caller about how uh, things separate him. And to you, dear listener, I will now separate you from the next portion of the podcast with these ads. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. Can't imagine fitting anything else into your life. I know the feeling, I'm a busy guy. Who has time in the day, right? Well, guess what? With Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. Get something off your chest whenever you need to, talk about everyday challenges at work or at home, or just chat about life. And I know, so much going on. Look, with Talkspace, you don't have to commute anywhere. You don't even have to leave your office. Nobody's going to judge you. All you need is a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app, and you can improve your mental health. Remember that therapy is not just venting about inner thoughts or, or childhood memories and all that. It doesn't have to be melodramatic. It's about practical, everyday strategies for stress management and living a happier life. Having a therapist simply provides you a designated person for you to talk to who's trained to listen and help you make positive changes. And the Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com beautiful. Use the code beautiful. You get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com beautiful. A podcast team started looking into the biggest hack in history and ended up in the middle of the story. You can find Breach in your podcast app right now. A mysterious voicemail, disappearing audio files, and origami sent from a California prison. The deeper they dug, the more deeply personal the hack became. Breach is a new podcast investigating the world's most notorious data breaches. It takes you inside the world's biggest hacks, how they're done, who does them and what's really at stake when your private data is compromised. For season one, the Breach team answers questions about the hack of a huge American company, found themselves investigating a Russian conspiracy, complete with spies, security agencies, and targeted attacks around the world. Because when you're a hacker with access to 3 billion email accounts, you can steal some credit card numbers, or you can threaten the very cornerstone of democracy. Subscribe to Breach, that's B-R-E-A-C-H, in your podcast app right now. Thanks again to all of our advertisers who support Beautiful Anonymous. Now let's get back to the phone call. Hollywood movies about like people trying to settle down and find each other and you're like, it's just a, is that just a different approach? Is that part of it? Like you're immersed in a culture that like what? what?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell me about how it separates you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I grew up on American shows and
1: like, you know, Friends is kind of my childhood. And I always watch that um, any any kind of uh, American films, you know. And um, I guess music-wise too. When I'm fifteen, sixteen, I got really into you know emo music, and you know I would just be listening to American Football or you know Mineral or the Get Up Kids, and just being like, why don't you love me? So <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> my whole I. And then I found Death Cab and I had to hide it from everybody because they're like, that's, you know, that's what, you know, girls like or whatever it is at the time when you, you know, when you have a scene, but I'm just there listening like, oh man, Ben Gibbard gets me kind of thing. So <laughs> gro- growing up, listening to that kind of music, very sensitive music um, and also the values that they have in Western TV or movies definitely shaped the way I see relationships with friends, uh, family, and, um, you know, just romantic relationships. And that's, that was hard because what I see in the families and these Western TV shows was so different from when I go home every day from school. It was just like, it was like, they're like mannequins, you know? I mean, I, I, I love my parents. Like, I think they did a great job. Um, and I can't thank them enough for putting, for them to put me through the education that I was, you know, so blessed to have, but, you know, just to think about all the times when I was down, but, and when I could talk to my parents or people would talk to their parents, so I just kind of kept that in this whole time.
0: Have you ever been to the States? Have you ever come over? I've
1: been to, um, I think, wow, it's probably like five Almost six years ago, I went to California for about four days to check out the Vans Warped Tour.
0: That's it. You came once for the Warped Tour, and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my parents took me to Hawaii a
1: couple times um, when I was younger. But uh, yeah, for me, it was the Vans Warped Tour in California um, was kind of when I was conscious or I could actually see things and it was really weird because um I was I had we had some friends on the tour so we were kind of on the 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 tour van with them and after three days of kind of the same lineup I was just like hey I'm in America and I should go venture out so then I kind of escaped um I think I was in either San I think I was in San Francisco and I just left and I just went to just explore the the town, I guess. And um, I went into like, I was like, what's the most Californian thing that I could do right now? And I found a random burrito <laughs> store and I was like a Mexican restaurant. Like, oh like, this is what I've heard about. Maybe I'll go in here. And so I just go in and I start ordering and they just think I live around there. So they start saying things like, like they, I don't know if it's, um, yeah, they just kind of, act like I've been there the whole time but I can speak English but I've never really ordered in English for food in my life
0: what a weird day in your life what a weird day (laughs) it's like you're a spy it's like you're a spy that got dropped in the middle (laughs) of this culture you've studied your whole life
1: (laughs) yeah and I've been put to the test and I'm so I'm just like yeah I think uh, I'll have this burrito with this, this. And they're like, how about this? How about that? How about that? And I was like, I-, I don't know, but okay. Yeah, sure. And then, so I get this burrito with just pretty much like everything on it. And it's pretty much four times bigger than anything you can get in Japan. And I'm just sitting there alone. And there's all these, you know, people that are going to warp Tour with their friends and stuff. And I'm just there alone. It's like, how do- how do I do this, and then I'm just like, yeah, shall you eat it, like and I'm just eating it, and I can't finish it at all, and in <laughs> Japan, I don't know how it is how it's like in America, but like in Japan, you don't leave things like you don't you have uh, to eat the whole thing like that's
0: kind of a oh, so you know, real thumb, and so it would be rude, it would be rude to like, leave leftovers,
1: yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, so I'm just stuffing myself with this burrito, and I I kind of get lost because, you know, I don't have Wi-Fi and I'm just walking around and I'm feeling sick and I, I'm just, I get back and I'm just like, I, I don't want to do this. So I just go back to the trailer and I'm just, you know, sleeping and I just miss out pretty much the whole day and, the, you know, the other people come back and am like, what are you doing? And I, was like, I don't know. I try to like experience, is this America? Am I experiencing it right now? Like, I don't know.
0: I mean, giant portions. Yes, you are experienced. A burrito bigger than your own head. Yeah, that is an American experience. I love that story. That's nuts. That's because I also like you're in the burrito shop and they're like, you want pinto beans with that? What do you want? You want brown rice? You want white rice? And you can't, with the way, with your accent, you can't go, hey, like, slow down, bro. I've never been here before. I've never been to the, I've never been because you sound like you're from the Bay Area. So you can't be in San yeah. Francisco like hey yeah no hey it's my first time it's literally the first day I've hung out in the United States everyone would look at you like you were insane exactly
1: wow and it, there's like a line behind me and I'm I'm <laughs> oh I'm getting all nervous and anxious and I, I don't know what to do so that's, what, that a that was <laughs> what a weird
0: day what a weird day because those other three days like you said so you're in a band as well huh you you said you play music mm-hmm. yeah so you're yeah. you're with your friends in the van. But that's a specific life and, and it's a very insulated experience being on the van. That's also, uh, you know, I, I've never been a touring musician myself, but warp tour, I have to imagine that's at the scale. Like your food's being provided, you're backstage, like you're not out and about. You yeah, gave, yeah. you, you, so you grew up immersed in American culture, sounding like an American and had about, a, mm-hmm. had just a small handful of hours in America where you ate a burrito, gave yourself gas and had to go sleep it off. Yeah. Wow. That's America for me, I guess. (laughs) I got to say, I mean, if you're only going to take a few hours eating a big ass burrito in San Francisco and then (laughs) passing out because it was too much food it's pretty good.
1: Pretty good. <laughs> Did I do America okay? <laughs> I would I say much.
0: Okay? I got a. I got. I got a lot of friends from San Francisco, and I bet they would say, "Yeah, go go get a burrito." If you only have a few hours to be in America, burrito. we like food. We like food in America. We do. We like our read. Yeah. Our regional food. I'm sure. Were you in the Mission? They like their Mission burritos out there.
1: Terrific burrito, by the way. Great. Good. Good. <laughs> Tasted amazing.
0: I'm sure everyone listening. <laughs> from the greater uh, Bay Area of Northern California is beaming with pride because they take burritos seriously yeah. in California. Wow, this is... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, go for it. I actually went to New
1: York a couple of years ago for a couple of days for like a business trip. Uh-huh. And um, that was my first time in New York. Um, it was actually a lot of it similar to Japan, how busy it was and how intense. Manhattan
0: was. Yeah, I've heard. I've but. heard. There's a handful of cities, right? I, I've. I th- it's funny. I've actually mentioned on the show recently. London is that for me, where I go and I'm like, whoa, this place is as fast as New York and as as like yeah. overwhelming as New York. And I hear Tokyo. I mean, the American vision of Tokyo is that it's like a like a fast paced like vision of the future.
1: mhm It's yeah, and. and I, it felt comfortable that it was like that, um, for me. And then, uh, so I went there for a business trip and, you know, cause I said that I went to America and I wanted to eat a burrito. I wanted to eat a pizza Yeah, when I, you know, going to New York, right?
0: You gotta get New York pizza.
1: Right. So I'm, I'm there with, you know, my boss and, you know, I can't really be like, I just kind of have to go with the flow. And then we get to the business place or whatever, and they take us out for lunch and dinner and uh, they're like, oh yeah, we know this really good place. So we go because um, I think their their office is in Queens. So we went the we kind of like we went out of Manhattan went to Queens, and they we stopped in front of the store, and it, the name of it was Osaka. <laughs> and I'm going, oh man, this is gonna be great. So we go inside, and they're like, uh, it's a you know Japanese restaurant, <laughs> and. They give us noodles, and I'm like, you know, I, I think it's really great that uh, the Japanese food is, you know, making it over to America. And then I ate it, and you know, I don't want to be pretentious or anything, but like I couldn't eat it. It was just something that you know I grew up on Japanese food and, like authentic Japanese food, and it was like not the same thing.
0: No, that's and, trash. What a what a <laughs> yeah. what a what a uh, careless, thoughtless. Uh, token effort, oh, someone traveled <laughs> halfway around the globe let 's give them the watered down inauthentic version of what they can have every single day of their life outside of this one yeah. very inconsiderate it, i apologize and then,
1: no, not at, all, not at all and um and then for dinner, we also went to a Japanese restaurant no. which was it was, it was <laughs> so on the last day uh we have um in, in Japan, we have these pubs called um, Izakaya, and that's kind of the Japanese pub. And it's, it's pretty much just like uh, yeah, a pub where you just get a beer and everyone just has fun. And there's a bunch of these in, in Japan. And there was a New York version of that. And they were like, we should go there for the last day. And I was like, well, if I can drink sake, I don't care. So we went to, um, we went to this place and everything was fine. Everything was great. But uh, my friend actually lived in New York at the time, and he came to hang out with us. And he said, "Okay, I gotta go. I got work tomorrow." So we go outside, and I take him to the station, and I say, "Bye, bye." And I'm coming back to this to the um, to the, the bar, and this guy comes up to me and starts talking to me. Very nice guy. And in Japan, that never happened.
0: Yeah, in New and York, that I, never happens either. What's this guy's, what's this guy going for?
1: So he's like, you know, ha, like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from, um, I'm from Japan. And he's like, oh, yeah, you you know, you look Asian. I was like, yeah, thanks. And so we're walking <laughs> and we get the, um, and he's, I'm not really used to it. And I, it's kind of nice that people are talking because people don't really talk to each other in Japan because, in the Japanese language, we don't have a word. We don't have a phrase for "have a nice day." So like me, never say that.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things that I realized is when you go even to any restaurant or any store, at the end of the conversation, people go, "Have a nice day."' I'm like, "That's so nice." That's, that's great. So yeah. Um, so we're going down, and he's just talking to me, and um, he goes, "All right, my car's parked over there
0: and um can i suck your dick I knew there was going to be a swerve on that one I knew there was a swerve <laughs> coming I wasn't sure if it was money or sex but i knew it was on its way as a new yorker i got it for anyone for anyone in your position who is uh international never been to new york city as a new york resident i could say do not be fooled no one is that nice no one is as nice as that person in new york <laughs> yeah
1: Yeah, that was my uh, hard lesson learned. But I was like, "Oh, but I don't know how to react to that. I don't. What are are you supposed to say to that?" So I was just like, "Oh, uh, you're really handsome, and um, thank you. I'm I'm really happy that you feel that way about me. But I'm sorry. I'm not. You know, like I need to go. So I politely kind of um, you know reject him. Mm -hmm. But I think he took that as Kind of like, oh, this guy's really nice. Maybe if I ask a little bit more, so he got kind of aggressive. He was like, "Come on, man, I'll let you fuck mine," and I was like, "That's not well, <laughs> that's not the, the the problem here."
0: Yeah, it's not a bargaining so, to the level of which I'm about to engage sexually with a stranger on the street yeah. in your parked car. It's that that's not my thing in general. Thank you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm just having this conversation as I'm walking, and then everybody that was already they were all. The people that were at the bar were, you know, were leaving. And my boss is there, right? So, oh. and in Japan, I mean, I'm pretty close <laughs> with my boss, but it's really still awkward. <laughs> and um, he's taking, like, pictures of me and, like, movies of me, interact with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and nothing weird, but I was just like, man, like, last time I went to America, it was the burrito thing. And then now I'm in New York for the first time and this happens like I'm getting pretty this is amazing experience that I'm getting right
0: now. Yeah. Yeah, you've only been here a handful of days but you've really lived. I got to say so you're a <laughs> you're a punk rocker but you also work in business at a at a caliber where they'll fly you to a different country. Mm. So you, you 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 split your time between two worlds that way as well, huh? Yeah, I mean that's kind of the
1: toughest thing is that uh um, well, I work as a translator and I translate films. Um, we try to bring fil- like independent documentaries into Japan. It's kind of like our big business thing. And it's a very small operation, but and it's, that's kind of my day job, but so I do that in the day and then at night until like midnight, I go into the studio and do um, you know, band stuff. And then on the weekends, I'm on tour kind of thing. So it's it wears me down a lot. It's kind of the the biggest uh, problem that I have right now, actually, is balancing that.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's around the clock. That's a hustle. That's a grind. Yeah. And is your band, you think your band, and like the band have a chance of busting out?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've, we've been working at it. The band that I was in
0: uh, when I was still on, you know, when I went to, that, to
1: the Wolf Tour, we broke up, and I'm doing a new thing now, but... Um, yeah, I think I think mean, it's good. I'm, I really like my music. Um, I think the the band likes the music, and um, it's just that you know that spark. You know, I mean, you just got to keep working at it, and then we're just hoping for that spark to it, and then you know hopefully we can go
0: from there. That's cool. I wish you I wish you great luck with it. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of uh, where we are with the music, but and yeah, in Japan it was uh, yeah this is. Something I want to talk about. I totally forgot about it. Is that um, I think in Japan, mental health is non-existent. It's not, as in like people are definitely going through that, but um, it's not really acknowledged. Japan? Yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, it's yeah. I've heard uh, somebody else talk about this in a different call that you had, but it's just get over it, you know, and just sleep on it, kind of thing. Yeah, and. You're just having a bad day or you're weak. So when people actually are going through depression um, or anxiety, it's just a sign of weakness.
0: Yeah, I know that feeling. And I come from New York where everyone's in therapy. We still get that. I mean the sense I get just from from pop culture and again if it, it's a, if it's a stereotype that's inaccurate let me know it's a. it seems from what you see from the outside it seems like a very work driven place where a lot of people work oh, yeah. until they're on the brink of of collapse. Mhm. Yeah that, that really can, is. I mean it's very true. That can't be good. That can't be good for the head. Yeah, I mean
1: uh I don't know if you've heard this, but the, the suicide rate in Japan is extremely
0: high. I have heard that, and I've heard there's a suicide forest, right? Isn't there a famous, famous place where people go to commit oh, yeah. suicide?
1: Yeah, recently, a, uh, the a, YouTuber. An American YouTuber, came here and caused a lot of trouble. But that is um, that's serious business. There, um, you you go there, and um, you see you know letters that people write for loved ones. And they say, uh, if you find me here, or if you see this post, please don't come find me. Um, I'm done. And uh, I think people, they go by car because you can't really walk there. But um, uh, people just leave all their stuff in their car as kind of uh, something to remember them by. And they kind of plan it all out.
0: Wow. And you would think, are there, are, yep. are there, not, are there not police or, or you know, medical professionals that are, are tasked, tasked with maybe uh, safeguarding it to try to stop that? Um,
1: there, there are actually. Um, there's people patrolling the forest, but the forest is so deep and it's so wide. And also one of the reasons why it's so good for, it's bad to say good, but um, why it's an optimal place for these people is that once you go inside, you lose, there's no cell towers, so you can't get any reception in there.
0: So even if you want to call for help, it's not really an option. Yeah. It's just in there with your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so people can't go in groups. You know, let's say a patrol group goes in like a group of 10. If they split up, then there's no way that they can contact each other. Right, right, right. So it's just a very a lot of the times it's just after the fact Um, they see a new body.
0: It also seems like there's more of a, you know, again, from the outside looking in a history of sort of honor based suicide that is maybe more pronounced Mm -hmm. than, than most places. Is that true?
1: Um, I think that, um, the whole honor thing is, uh, definitely it's, it's fading away in Japan, uh, now people just commit suicide because they are extremely depressed. Nobody understands them. Also, um, people don't really get into it. It was on the news, but people aren't dating, so they don't have a significant other in a lot of cases. Um, so it's mostly that now. The whole the honor-based uh, suicide is kind of a little bit um, back then kind of thing. Yeah, that's good.
0: Well that got intense. That got heavy. I need a breather. I like to take a breather, get a sip of water, and ponder the heavy parts. I was just traveling. You guys have heard me talk about it on the show. I went away for three weeks. Longest vacation i ever been. I went to Sri Lanka, someplace far from my home, and it was a great time. It's a great time. But I tell you, planning a vacation, I tell you, it can be a little stressful, right? You gotta find places to stay that's gonna make everybody happy. You gotta make sure it's all in the right price range. You can feel like a full-time job. I know this personally because I just went on a vacation. Look, don't visit a ton of different sites. On tripping.com, one search lets you compare every home from the world's top vacation rental sites in one place to find the best deal on your perfect vacation rental. Vacation rentals offer more, more privacy, more space for everybody under one roof, more choices, more fully stocked kitchens, Extra bedrooms, check it out. Hot tubs, too. Even hot tubs. You want to find a hot tub? Tripping's got it for you. All the comforts of home and then some best of all. At tripping.com, you can join the millions of travelers who find more savings with rates up to 80% less than traditional hotel rooms. So if you're planning a spring break on the beach in Florida, tripping.com. Can't wait to swim in Lake Tahoe this summer? Tripping.com. Dreaming of sitting on the deck of a smoky mountains cabin? Tripping. Dot com. This year, save time and money when you book the vacation home of your dreams with tripping.com slash stories. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G dot com slash stories. Find your perfect vacation rental, tripping.com slash stories. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors Beautiful Anonymous and allows us to bring it to you every Tuesday for free. Now let's finish off the phone call.
1: Also, um, people don't really get into it it was on the news, but people aren't dating, so they don't have a significant other in a lot of cases. Um, so it's mostly that now. The whole the honor-based uh, suicide is kind of a little bit um, back then kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Why aren't people dating?
1: Um, a lot of times they're like, oh, it's too busy, or uh, they don't have time for it, or like I said, they can get... Sex. You know, they can release their sexual tension. From so many different services that. You know, I think when you are in a relationship with someone, you know, the sexual connection and communication is so important. Um, and they don't need. They don't. They can actually get that from other services for a price. So they don't. Um, they don't go out to find. You know, not everybody, but a lot of them aren't just
0: they stay single right your relationship with intimacy becomes uh warped I would imagine if you if you fall into that lifestyle yeah, yeah. and um
1: in Japan you know anime is very big and um people are a lot of them not I wouldn't say um everybody, but there's a specific group of people that just don't believe in 3D girls. That's kind of like their motto.
0: What? What does that mean?
1: Yeah, so it's they say uh, 2D is better than 3D. So it's people who... Op- so, which means... <laughs> <laughs>
0: they opt into having yeah. all their f- relationships with females be through the fictional?
1: Yes, like a
0: 100%. And they just don't interact with... These are straight males who just choose to never interact with females because they don't believe in it. Yeah.
1: And I mean, okay, a lot of it comes from um, the fact that they believe that girls don't like them or they do something nice and the girls don't, you know, that they're not good enough for the girls. So it's a lot of uh, self-esteem issues. Um, and also the fact that in Japan, there people that are really into anime are anime I wouldn't say it's anime because a lot of people like anime but kind of the extreme is kind of they're called otaku I've heard um, you know people in America use that term too Mm -hmm. but um, there's a lot of that and a lot of them are communicating through um, the internet something like Reddit is what they use
0: yeah is the internet the worst thing we've ever invented (laughs) It's it the worst be. or the it's best. It created
1: the worst in
0: us. It might be the best unifier of humanity that we'll ever know and that could ever be possible. And it might also dehumanize. I don't know. I've pr- probably gone on this rant on the pie. I'm getting progressively more worried that the internet is making us all subhuman. And not in a way. It's sometimes mm. it gets thrown out as like a, I feel very bad. Because sometimes that can be a phrase that's used in like racist circles. But I mean, we actually behave in ways that lack humanity compared to generations that did not have the internet in ways like you're saying, where we isolate ourselves from actual human connection, or we take on personas that aren't totally true to us. And then we don't know how to live in the real world without those personas. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: anything that, um, people always say that the internet is something, you know, what's on your mind, you know, like you can say whatever is on your mind, but, if you're just throwing out any passing thought in your head then that's not really you yeah. i don't think i think there's a lot of vile things said on the internet but that's not really that person i think those people are actually you know great people but if they're just typing out what is the first thing in their mind without thinking so it becomes really
0: vulgar yeah i mean as someone who knows the thoughts that go through my own mind I don't need to say whatever's on my mind in a public forum or even out loud, even in a room where no one else is. I don't need to say everything in my mind no thanks yeah, exactly. And that I kind of grew up I think
1: the uh it also really affects on me. it affected me like music that I listened to really affected me because a lot of the artists were talking about how you know introverted they are and how it's really hard for them to get out um what they really think and they do it through song and just kind of growing up on that. Uh, I'm, I was always, I embraced the internet for how convenient it is and how easy it is to see music videos and, uh, uh, live videos, but I'm definitely, and I use the internet all the, you know, all the time, but well, me I'm too. definitely scared of what, it could do to people.
0: I mean, I talk a lot of shit about the internet for a person whose phone never leaves his hand. I, I, I am part of the problem. <laughs> now there's something I need to bring up on my end and I don't want to, because this it's been fascinating. I have to say Japanese culture is one that I think Americans romanticize and wonder about and sort of find a little, maybe at times confusing or impenetrable. And you've explained a lot of things in a way where I actually am super fascinated on my end, I will tell you, the Japanese culture I have delved most deeply into, and I wonder if you have any interest in it, is by far Japanese mixed martial arts fighting and, to a degree, pro wrestling.
1: Oh right, yeah, that's pretty. That's huge in in Japan. I'm not really familiar with it, but yeah, it's it's definitely a big scene.
0: It is, and you're not familiar. There's just one thing I want to say that I actually really love. So. Okay. It, mixed martial arts, which uh, you know a lot of people know as the UFC, there used to be a league called Pride in Japan. I was obsessed with pride fighting, obsessed with it for years. Oh, yeah. And uh, the one, yeah. Thing, one thing I love about Japanese and their relationship with pro wrestling is they are aware that pro wrestling matches are staged, but they almost view them as staged exhibitions and view professional wrestling as a legitimate fighting art. And the Pride Fighting Championships, a lot of why it was created was to showcase professional wrestlers in real fights to prove the, legi- the legitimacy of pro wrestling as fighting. And I think that's the coolest mm-hmm. shit I ever heard of in the world.
1: Yeah, Pride is so big. I, I don't know if they still do it, but every no, New Year's
0: it's yeah, the Pride fight. The massive Pride and K1 fights were the big New Year's thing. I always heard that. Pride got taken down. I think they got busted because they were very tangled up with the Yakuza. And they got publicly oh, really? shamed for that, and taken down. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That, I, I guess I didn't see the, the pride. Yeah, this year was, was that recent
0: or? That was that was probably ten years ago. But there's a bunch of other leads oh, really? that have, have kind of filled in and emulate Pride. There's uh, there was Dream for a while. There's a new one now. I forget Rising. There's there's a few that are kind of continuing the tradition and still do the new year's fights and stuff like that. Let me ask you a personal oh, question. I see, yeah. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. So of you are a romantic, you're a romantic specifically in a sense as defined by Western culture. Does this actually make your dating life? Does it make your dating life easier or more difficult? Cause I'd have to imagine that if you tell a partner, Hey, I actually, I actually get um, weirded out at the idea of cheating or paying for sex, is that something that people are like, oh my God, you're a total catch? Or are they like, wait, Uh, what's up with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never dated a purely Japanese person just because the people that I'm around with is also mixed culture and they kind of have the same value as me. But um, I think uh, if I was to date a uh, purely Japanese girl, then... They would if I and I said, you know, I think it's really weird, the blah 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 and just cheating, they would be definitely impressed, I guess, but I wouldn't fully be able to trust them. them 'cause like maybe you did that too kind of thing. Oh wow. Um it would, it would be this sweet. yeah, okay. Um well I yeah, I have a girlfriend right now and she's she's a mix of different cultures and we we grew up in completely different places, but um and she lived in Japan today but she also lives in America, and I never did that but uh we just share the same values so i've I've never even thought about that you know so it's yeah it's very I'm very lucky but here's the thing about uh these Japanese girls and this is something that I see a lot in um uh, the bars in japan there's uh Japanese girls uh fantasize of uh, not too much, but they, a lot of them really, really like foreigners. So there's a specific chain of a like bar pub thing that girls go to get hit on by foreigners. <laughs>
0: This—that's what it's known for. <laughs> What's this place for, yeah. any, for any of our for any of our uh, our, our listeners who are interested? What, what is this chain called? It's called Hub. Hub. So there's a chain bar. This would be like an Applebee's or Fridays in America. But the point is, for foreigners to go hit on native Japanese women.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not the point. It's not like your selling point, but that's kind of the the place that everybody goes. And it's not just foreigners, but you see a lot of them. And when you ask, when people are like, "Oh, where where should I go? Like, I'm here for a couple days. Where should I go?" Everyone's like, "Just go to Hub." Wow! You'll find a girl there.
0: Wow! Yeah,
1: and the girls are and the girls know that too. Yeah, one time I I went to the um, hub with a friend and they were talking to this girl and this girl is super like she has no money. She goes there because she can. She knows that she can get
0: free dinner. Wow, that's sad. Yeah, just
1: oh wait wait there's there's something else. Um, in Japan we have these crazy. Uh, restaurants where the guy goes into the restaurant and sits with a girl, and for the girl it's all free. And this is like this is it, like this is what they sell. The girls just go there for free. Guys come, they get to sit and eat dinner with them, and the guy pays,
0: and that's it. Wow, that's the whole thing. Yeah, it's like the
1: privilege to be able to um, sit next, to- and these girls aren't. Employed by the restaurant. These are just normal customers, but they can, they just go there to get free food.
0: Wow. Now, do you feel, because as you mentioned, it, and it's becoming clearer and clearer throughout conversation, like you're Japanese, but you are also in a way positioned as like an observer of Japanese culture because mm-hmm. you were also immersed in, immersed in Western culture, but then you tell a story about how ordering a burrito became like a very overwhelming process. Do you? <laughs> Is that something that you like treasure or value? Or are there times where you resent it? Is it both? Oh, it's, uh, it's a constant struggle because I think, yeah, but
1: at the very beginning of the call, I was, yeah you know, I said, I didn't really know what my true identity was, and I'm still trying to find it, but I'm starting to think that there is actually a group of people that are just like me where they don't know. The fact that they don't know their culture is a culture Right, and right. once I kind of figured that out, I think I, fe- I felt I a, a little bit more comfortable. But yeah, there are times when I'm in a very Japanese setting, and my Japanese isn't completely to the you know standards of someone that's you know in their late twenties in Japanese wise, like the mannerisms. Because in Japan, we have two separate types of Japanese. When you talk to somebody that's older, you have a whole new set of Japanese compared to someone that's your own age.
0: As far as the actual language you're using? Yeah, it's wow. like, I mean, they're both
1: Japanese, but the end of each sentence or the way you say things is, there's, there's a whole other thing. It's, um, it's called keigo, and when that's extremely difficult. It's, um, it's kind of old school. And it's, yeah, it's really hard. And when you get a little bit of it wrong, or like you end the sentence wrong in a certain way, and it kind of turns into uh, informal Japanese, then it's extremely rude.
0: Oh, wow. Is this, I remember hearing a story, and I don't know if it's just like a myth, but when when mm-hmm. the Second World War ended and the emperor went on the radio to, to speak about it, which uh, apparently was a thing he'd never done, and his language was actually pretty impossible to understand for a lot of average people because it was so old school. Is, I, I, does this relate to that? That it's, I don't know. I, I don't know if it
1: relates to that, but it is true. The, after the world war, uh, world war two, that was like the first time people heard his voice and they were like, whoa, but yeah, it, it's extremely to this day. When you see kind of like, uh, the Royal family talk, it's, It seems like they're from... It's very apparent they're from a different era and they haven't moved on from that. And so it is really hard to understand. But that Japanese is... nothing compared to like... I mean, the whole informal and formal Japanese is a lot easier than that. Like, than the really old Japanese where you can't read it or seriously can't understand it. If you you know either the informal or the formal Japanese... Um, you don't need to know a whole new set of, uh, I guess, like characters and stuff. But the whole old Japanese is like, you can't even read it or like, you can't even read it out because this doesn't make sense. Wow.
0: You got an interesting life. You got an interesting life.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there's so many things that I don't, I guess I take for granted. And then once I, you know, have the... Uh, opportunity to talk to you about it. I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that's, that doesn't apply to anybody else besides Japanese people.
0: Yeah. And there, I mean, there's a ton of things that only apply to Americans too, you know, but it's, uh, you're like positioned in this very specific way to sort of be like a Rosetta stone for, for me to understand a lot of things. It's also, you know, it's also one of these things too, where you hear, you hear about, you know, um, workplace culture or the sex trade of Japan. And you, you assume like, oh, I'm hearing like the big broad strokes of that. And it's very cool for you to call in and be like, oh no, here's as someone on the ground who grew up around it, here's what it's actually like to be of this culture. It's cool. It's cool to hear. Yeah.
1: And I, I hope that I, you know, I thought it would be more interesting to kind of go in deep with the, you know, the dark stuff of Japan. But the other side of it is that, Because it's so strict, because, you know, the regulations are so strict and people are working so hard, it's probably, you know, compared to America, which I really like the casualness of America, but everything is, well, starting with even public transportation, everything is so punctual. Everyone is extremely polite. And it's to the point that people say that they're cold, but uh, as professionals, I think, you know, that's something that we can have pride in is that Japan is you know, extremely professional about everything.
0: Oh, I've heard the legends of the public transportation. As someone who's dealing with what can only be described as a quickly failing New York City subway system, you guys have those bullet trains <laughs> where you can get like, uh, it'll be oh, you, you need to go a thousand miles? Yeah, it'll show up direct. It'll show up perfectly on time and take you seven and a half minutes. I hear these legends about the Japanese yeah. public transportation. <laughs> Do you guys have...
1: Like, you know, like on Google Maps, it tells you from um, if, I, if you want to get to, you know, point A to point B, it tells you like if you take a public transportation um, from here to
0: here, you get on this train at this time. Is that accurate? Can you use that in America? It's touch and go in New York City, and most places, you okay. know, most cities and most places in America don't have a uh, public transportation. It's it's very much a car culture, but in this in the cities, especially right. the the major ones, we do. It's touch and go. I'll, I'll put that in at my house, and sometimes it'll be like, oh, you'll get there in thirty five minutes, and then two and a half hours later, two and a half treacherous hours later of being stuck in a tunnel <laughs> under a river. Praying that this isn't when the infrastructure fails, uh, ultimately, and trying to decide if I can uh, get into the last car to open a door if I need to swim with the river in a last desperate attempt to survive. Then I'm like, uh, Yeah, Google lied.
1: I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah Go- in, in Google Japan, lied. you can definitely count on it. You can count on it if, if they say, Get on this train at this time. It will be there. It will never be late unless there's something, you know, it's snowing or something like that. You can, you know,
0: 99% of the time, if there's not some natural disaster, it'll get there on time. That's awesome. Jealous. That's awesome.
1: What do you play? <laughs> what
0: instrument do you play?
1: I Right now in my band, I play the acoustic guitar and I sing.
0: Nice. That's
1: pretty great. Yeah. In In my old band, I used to just sing. In my punk band, I used to sing. But now we kind of do... In, indie rock kind of thing.
0: Moving so, on to um, the indie rock. As, I've always. It's nice to hear that as punk yeah. rockers grow up, no matter where you are in the world, you switch from punk to indie rock. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's just like hot water music, you know. You just gotta go. You do the whole punk thing, you know, and then you go, you know, you grow
0: up. <laughs> yeah, you can't be slapstick forever. You gotta turn into the Lawrence Arms at some point. I think those, I think that's the band exactly. I'm thinking of. Right? The, am I, do I have that one right? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like we'd yeah. be pals. I feel like we'd be pals if we grew up together.
1: Yeah, that's what I think. Every time I listen to your podcast, every time, you know, when I'm watching a show, I'm like, oh, we could be such good friends. But I'm guessing pretty much everybody that calls, everybody that watches feels that way. And it's crazy that you could actually probably be best friends with most of them.
0: I like, uh, it's, uh, I'm more awkward in real life than I am on this podcast. Uh, (laughs) Hey, we only have a few seconds left. And I think there's only one appropriate way for me to end it. Okay. I want to thank you for calling. Thank you for sharing. And most importantly, have a nice day. (laughs) Have a nice day. caller thank you for calling it's super cool thanks for letting me ask all my ignorant questions and not get mad at me i really do think we'd be pals and sorry that you had such an overwhelming time during your trips to the states hope you come back here someday and uh and enjoy it even more get that pizza that you've always craved and not just eat crappy japanese food who would do that who would do that anyway thank you for calling thank you to everybody for listening thanks to jared o'connell thanks to harry nelson especially for coming over here towards the east side And uh, recording this one means a lot. These guys helped me out while we were taping the Chris Gethardt Show. Allowed me to not leave the office for this one. Thank you to Shell Shag for the music. Want to know more about me, especially dates that I'm out on the road? ChrisGeth.com is the website for all of that. And if you like Beautiful Anonymous, one thing you can do to help, go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. I can't tell you how much that helps. That's all the business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Beautiful Anonymous. next time on Beautiful Anonymous
1: I had you on speaker next to my computer as I was trying to work out how to explain consent to high school kids
0: consent that's consent. your job yes I am familiar I, I assure you I assure you
1: good I, I hope so <laughs> yeah yes All I right. certainly hope so
0: that's a pretty important gig these days, huh?
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm contributing something positive to the world. I really like it. It's actually new. I only started last year, but my previous skill set applies quite well to this
0: job. So. Well, that's an interesting tidbit you just dangled out there. What's your What's your previous skill set?
1: <laughs> yeah, I spent most of my career thus far as a circus performer, actually.
0: As a circus performer. Next time on Beautiful Beautiful Anonymous. My memory is a mess. More and more stuff's coming back. Came here because I was running. fucking okay. Running
1: from myself. Okay, please. But I'm not going to run again.
0: Oh, no. no, 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 no. I'm one of the great guys. Killing is a sin, isn't it? So I'm a sinner. All right.
1: Marvel and Stitcher present Wolverine, The Long Night. Out now, only on Stitcher Premium. For one month free, go to wolverinepodcast.com and use promo code MARVEL.
0: This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit earwolf.com.